It's, if you get a chance to read it this week, it's great. It's only 10 chapters, and out of these 10 chapters, I think you can easily skip some because they've got names, unless you want it to work on. My, my wife says, I can't say that, but I'll get to that point later on. You've just ruined my analogy. If you wanted to learn some pronunciation of Jewish names, go for chapter 2. And they become even more difficult because these names have been in exile and they've got an extra accent um, added to their names because they're different names all together because it's a new generation of people. But in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and put it into writing. So here we've got this group of people that were stuck, really. They were stuck. They were able to practice their own things in, in their own communities. But they were stuck because, actually, this was not the place where God wanted them to be. And also, this is the place where God is wanting for them to the, learn a lesson. So they can come back to him. Seventy years of exile wasn't easy. And here we've got a decree that comes out that for those who want to go back to Jerusalem, they can go. But this was not just a decree out of the blue. I love it how whoever the writer is, I think it's Ezra, but whoever you think the writer is, how the book starts. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord, this group of people needed nothing else more than just coming to that place of recognizing that God still loved them and the promises that God had for this group of people were still valid even though they had gone miles and miles away from their relationship with God. So the first lesson that we learn is that in order to have spiritual renewal, we have to start with God. And actually, God starts from the point of the truthfulness of his word, of his promises. Because God cannot change that. And if he has said that you are going to be in exile for 70 years and you're going to come out of that, God is going to stick to that because that's how faithful he is. That's why we sang in the beginning of the service to his faithfulness. But not only that, God also is faithful to his covenant. Not just the promises. 
but to the covenants that he has made from the beginning, Genesis 3.15, to the covenant that he made with Abraham, with David, and so forth. All these covenants, he has to be true because actually it is important that we get this. God is going to be true to the covenants because they all point to the coming of the Messiah. They all point to the coming of the Savior. And those promises and covenants that God has made with his people are going to be fulfilled. Whether the people of Israel want it or not. Because there is always a group of remnants that still have got God as part of their lives. And this is what's happening with this particular group. They have been in exile for 70 years, and there is a group of them only. Not all the people returned to Jerusalem. Those that had settled, they remained where they were in Babylon. And we've got a group that they say, no, we want to get serious with our life, with the Lord. We want to restore our spirituality, and therefore, we need to go back. Then, the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved. Did you see that in the first verse as well? I think this is the the most important phrase of the whole book. God stirring up, stirring up the hearts, moving the hearts of the king and moving the heart of the people. So they can go, get ready to go and build up the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Out of the blue, God decides to stir up the hearts because he wants to stay true to his promises, because he wants to stay true to the covenant. And then there is a group of people that say, we will go because actually, now that we have been reminded of what God has done for us, our confidence is restored. And that's part of the renewal that God is doing with this group of people. Actually, when renewal comes, sometimes we want it with shortcuts. But there is no shortcuts when God is renewing his people. With them coming and fulfilling what he had told them, they were one step closer Because, sorry, conviction now that God's promises are true is restored. And it doesn't make much to to, to organize a group of people that think that actually their confidence in God is back and they can still truly rely on the promises. So their confidence is restored, their conviction that actually he's still God who loves us. He's still God of the promises. He's still God of the covenants. He's still the God 
who is patient with us. Now I'll come to the analogy that Ruth ruined. Grace, grace, yes. Remember I told you about the names? If you look at chapter 2, actually, what I said earlier on was just to tease you. I think there is so much goodness even going through the names. And if you pay attention to chapter 2 of uh, Ezra, you also will see that there were different professions and occupations involved. And these are all the people that God had stirred up the hearts to go back to Jerusalem because he was going to renew their spiritual life. I've got a question. And the question is, what made this group of people take God seriously at this stage of their lives? Was it the distance from Jerusalem? Was it their gathering and the way that they've kept the traditions for 70 years? Was it their professions? Because obviously you can see there's still priests and Levites and Lithians, uh, which are the helpers of the Levites, um, in all these circles. What was it? And I just want to suggest that in the midst of trouble, in the midst of being distanced from God, in the midst of not knowing where you are really, because 70 years, is that real, is that not real? Has God totally forgotten us? We are far away. It's a long distance. Four months of traveling I'd like to suggest that all of this was happening not only because they really wanted this renewal, but I would just want to encourage us to think that actually this thing was happening because God wanted to renew the relationship with his people. Because he is the author of renewal and restoration. I don't know where you're sitting today. I don't know whether you're in Babylon or on your way to Jerusalem. I don't know what you're thinking at the moment. Maybe you're too comfortable in Babylon. And actually, keeping even the tradition of Christianity in Babylon is still fine because Cyrus is very good to you. And if you can give something towards the people that are going to Jerusalem that is still fine, you're doing all the things that it's well, the, the Jewish people are entitled to do, you're doing all those things. But perhaps, 
Perhaps God is stirring you up to go to Jerusalem because he says that he wants to renew. He wants to renew you. He wants to renew the generation of this church. He wants to renew us as a community of faith. And it is important that we take this very seriously. Actually, it is important that at this stage we take God seriously. There is no shortcuts and there is no instant ways in the renewal. Actually, we read in the New Testament that we are made new in the attitude of our minds. We've just sang, your truth has set us free. You set your hope in me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. God's purpose in renewal is not that we just feel good about it and say, Oh, here, here we are. God's purpose in in Him renewing us is much bigger than our limited understanding. In God renewing His people generation after generation, He still wants to reveal Himself as a glorious God. And us, as His people, by living holy lives, we also reveal and witness that actually we cannot do this renewal without Christ. We cannot be part of this renewal without Jesus in the picture, without his death and his resurrection. So I'll leave it with you. Because I'm really, really convinced that God is going to speak to us through the series of Ezra. And I don't want to give any more further thoughts. I've got a lot to say. But I just want to say that if God is stirring you up, do not ignore it. Babylon is a cop-out. Jerusalem is where he is going to reveal his glory. Because we have said that God is true to his promises and he is true to his covenant and that he who has begun a good work in you, in each and every one of you who has committed your lives to him, will bring it unto completion in the day of Jesus Christ when we see him face to face. Are you up for spiritual renewal? Is God stirring you up today? He is the author of renewal. And let it begin with me. Let's pray.